Hello and welcome to episode number six of the Next Goal Wins podcast. On today's podcast, we will be discussing our opinions on what we think is the greatest Premier League team of all time. We hope you enjoy and thank you for listening yet again. Uh, hello, welcome to our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the best Premier League teams ever. How are you? Yeah, all good. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some heated debates and uh, good arguments from both sides coming here. Uh, so I think where we're going to start, I think we're going to go chronologically through the teams that we've picked out. Uh, the first one that we've come up with together is the 98-99 Manchester United team, which obviously went on to win the treble, uh, the Premier League, the FA Cup and Champions League. Very interesting one, um, especially because it's in a time period where we weren't born, couldn't watch football, so yeah. Yeah. we will be looking a lot at stats and trying to sort of compare um, the team to modern day. Um, it's interesting to see that you know, the points total that they did have that season in the Premier League was a lot lower than what we've seen the, pa- the past few seasons. Yeah, 79, yeah. then Arsenal came second with 78, then Chelsea third with 75. I don't know whether that's a... Well, you could say that's maybe a reflection of the change of the style of play. Maybe there's a lot more um, domination now in possession. Yeah. Um, there's, a lot, there's not as much maybe free play now um, where there's a lot of high risk. And maybe that's why a lot more points were dropped back in the day, back then. Yeah, I think yeah, you, like the style of play and stuff like that. It, it, it there was a lot more cagey affairs in games. So I think that's how United came to where they were with all the Fergie time nicking it in the last minute. Mm. Games were so tight, and you you don't have teams like City and Liverpool who absolutely storm it five six nil against the lower half teams. And I think yeah, that that change of style of play has really benefited the be- better teams now because they can get the higher totals mm. at the end of the season. Thing is, they did only lose three games, which is yeah. a very low amount. But I feel like when I look at it here, the amount of draws that United got that season, um, mm. perhaps, did kill them a bit. Um, and the fact that they obviously did get like a very very famous last minute winner, like the Champions yeah. League final, maybe was a sign that they did have problems scoring goals, and they did have to maybe rely on the. You know the quality they did have in the final minutes, just to apply that extra pressure to get an extra goal. Yeah, that season could have gone totally differently. In and you, so many instant moments like, like you say, the final in uh, Barcelona against Munich, the last minute goal there, and then you look at the extra time goal from Giggs in uh, the semi final against Arsenal in the FA Cup, and it obviously had to go down to the last day. Uh, against Tottenham in the league, so it could have ended up with no trophies in a season. But the clinicalness and ability to finish games off against teams when they were getting weaker just meant that they had yeah. the extra. So it just extra shows, shows a sort of overall quality of the squad. But then again, we've got to take oh, yeah. into consideration the team did win three trophies, so they did have a lot on their mind. It isn't like where, I think that yeah, it isn't like where the teams of the past couple of seasons have maybe underperformed in the Champions League and got over 100 points yeah. in, the, in the Premier League like City yeah I think that's what, what we don't realise what we don't realise is um, you look at teams that are performing now like the Cities and the Liverpools who people are saying are 
up there with the greatest teams. They do struggle to compete on all fronts. You look at Liverpool, they're absolutely smashed it in the league this year, but didn't quite make it in the Champions League. And I think you look back at that time and the ability to win all three trophies with that squad, obviously they had good rotation, you can't can't put that down. And obviously the fitness of players back then isn't what it is now. So for them to win all three trophies and go all the way in all three competitions just shows how good that team was and the ability they had to win games. Yeah, totally. And that is obviously a massive quality of that team. Um, and being able to compete in the FA Cup and the Champions League and still hold the focus to go on and win the league certainly puts them yeah. up there. And I'd probably say they are among the top few um, Premier League clubs to win the league anyway. I think I think what I'm going to say now, I don't know if you're going to agree or not, but my personal opinion is the midfield four that that team had, the Giggs, Skulls, Keane and Beckham, is the best midfield four out of all the teams we're going to mention today. Giggs, Skulls, Keane, Beckham. Wow, yeah. I think that's hard to argue with. But we'll see. As we go on through, yeah, the, we might... There's, uh, there's some good midfields in there, but I think, yeah, personally, I think that's the top... However, it does depend on it doesn't depend always on the individuals, but at the end of the day, that team did back it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Massive. So the next, the, yeah, the next team we're going to look at is the Chelsea team from the two thousand and four, uh, two thousand and five season. Mourinho's first season in England, where they stormed the league with ninety five points. What, what are your opinions of of that team? Um, I remember watching that team. I remember it was more of an exciting team. Um, yeah. Really like a fast, slowing attack. But they also had a really good defence, obviously with Terry and Carvalho at the back and then they had Makalele, mm. who sort of formed that, uh, as everyone says, Makalele rule um, in front of their defence. So they were quite efficient. They were good at defending and good, good at attacking. And they only managed to lose one game, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. And they got 95 points. Yeah, only conceded 15 goals, which is just unbelievable when you think of a 38-game season. It's yeah, just and that's just sort of outlines, you know, their ability to attack and defend. Um, I feel like Mourinho maybe brought a, brought a new style as well. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. I think he just it was a bit of a shake-up to the, to the system, obviously, it was being dominated by Wenger's Arsenal and uh, Fergus Chelsea, uh, Fergus United. Sorry, um, I think the fact that he came in, it was new blood. He could sort of do his own thing. No one knew what he was going to do, and that sort of took everyone by surprise. And it showed for that season and the following. It was almost season. unpredictable for some. Um, yeah, he obviously came in and brought in a lot of new players with the financial backing as well, the owner. Um, yeah, and also there was a few players who sort of evolved a bit. Um, I think it was the sort of the seasons where Lampard really started to kick on Terry, mm. and then the emergence of the likes of Drogba, and they were players that then went on the last three ages for Chelsea. Um, but I remember watching that season; yeah. it was very, very impressive, you know. And then some of the showdowns they had with Liverpool as well in semi-finals oh, yeah. were absolutely yeah. amazing to watch. I feel like the passion that sort of Mourinho um, projected from the sideline almost reflected on his team as well, as well the way they played football. Mm. Yeah, I think that's quite similar to Klopp nowadays, yeah. the way he's on the sideline. It's, that's 
that's showing in their team and you can look back at other managers and it does reflect very much on the, the team's performance, how the manager performs on the sideline. If he's quite reserved, then teams don't seem to do as well. But you look at Mourinho and he was the special one, as he said. He just yeah. the most animated manager I've seen up there with Simeone and, uh, <laughs> and Klopp. When you look at the team they finished ahead of as well, Arsenal, you know, the players they had. Just yeah, just came in off the team. invincible season as well. Yeah, just came off the invincible season. And they obviously had a bit of you know a psychological advantage because they hadn't lost a game in so long. Then the only thing yeah. is when they do eventually lose a game. Um it can be hard for them, so it's all, it can also be like a reverse effect, but for Chelsea mm. to overcome a team like that, come ahead of a team like that, it definitely gives that win some credibility. Especially when it was 12 points. Yeah, definitely. I think that team as well just worked well worked well as a unit and players complemented each other quite well in that team. You look at the McAuley and Lampard in midfield. I think the way McAuley played allowed Lampard to push forward and really made his name as this goal-scoring midfielder. Um, I think they worked very well. And then you look at Terry and Carvalho. Uh, people seem to keep forgetting about Carvalho when you see these mm. debates about Brilliant. who were the best centre-backs in the Premier League. I think him and Terry together were just Brilliant. an unbelievable pairing. And then you've got Czech behind them as well. So Even the two full-backs as well. You know, they're almost like yeah, what people would exactly. call modern day. Um, yeah, I think the stats show as well. 21 clean sheets in a season is just... You can't you can't knock that. Yeah. And if your defence are doing that, it just makes the job for, your, job for your attack a lot easier. And then they did have quality in the attack. Obviously, they had... Drogba, who just loved scoring goals. He had Ardiga Johnson and Iron Robin, players like that, who could just put the ball in the net quite easily. However, they didn't quite perform in Europe. Um, no. That's the only thing. So, as if we relate it back to that United team, you know, they did, um, they did perform, Chelsea did perform a lot in the league, but they didn't uh, have a treble winning season. So, yeah. Um, there's there's only a tiny bit of credibility there. Yeah, I think right now if we go back a season, which we forgot, we obviously just missed out there, is the Arsenal Invincible season, uh, where they obviously went a whole season undefeated with 26 wins and 12 draws. What what? How do you see them compared to the two teams that we've uh, we've talked about already? Um, I think some some people now almost underrate that um, Invincible winning team because they're saying oh, their points yeah. tally wasn't as high as what the teams are getting nowadays they underachieved in Europe um, they didn't do much the following season even though they had that great bunch of players but I feel like just to go a whole season 38 games unbeaten yes they did to get a lot of draws but I think it was 13 draws they got it was yep thirteen draws, twenty five wins, eighty eight points. It's still a high points total, and um, there's teams that have got that amount of points. And um, one, um, I feel, I feel like um, the team just really had to have a high level of, you know, psychological strength as well as ability just to get through all those games and not lose. They did have some great players yeah. who would carry them through. You know, in games where they are maybe struggling to get a win, they're maybe one nil down to try and earn them then draws. They had a lot of world class, uh, world class players in that team. If you look at it, like the likes of Henri, Perez, Bird, Count, Lundberg, they're all at the top of the game at that point. And I think, like you say about the 
psychological effect it has going unbeaten for a season. I think obviously being the, the um, 2003 and 2004 season, we don't really remember it as much no. as obviously people that were there at the time. So I think I under under appreciated how tough it would be for a while. And then obviously you look at the Liverpool team this season who everyone is saying is unbelievable and obviously they are unbelievable. And then they couldn't do it obviously with the loss against Watford. I think that made it made me appreciate the Invincibles a bit more. Yep. And you've seen when, you know, at a certain stage, certain stage this season, the media were just constantly talking about Liverpool going unbeaten. Surely yeah. that may or may not have an effect on the players. Well, surely yeah. it, it, it maybe did have an effect on the Arsenal players, but they were clearly able to deal with they, it. Yeah, they, they got through it. <laughs> so... Feel and obviously just a complete ability of that team. What the players went on to do as well, or done previous yeah. to that. You know, there's a few World Cup winners in there, and there's players yeah. that went on to shine at other clubs too, the likes of Henri, um, Fiari even went and done well in the Premier League somewhere else at City. So, and again, when we look at it, the the attack and the defence was just amazing. Yeah. And even, yeah, and that, like I say with Makalele and Lampard, um, you look at Patrick Vieira and Gilberto Silva, they complemented each other uh, in probably better than Makalele and Lampard did. The way mm. they worked together as a midfield unit was was up there, but I'm still sticking to my previous point about the United team having the best midfield, even though we are bigging up these midfields quite yeah. a lot. Um, I've nothing to argue with that point yet. Um, I'm also sticking to my previous point that in a way, I feel like the United 98-99 team was a bit more credible um, because of the three trophies they won. You know, Arsenal did yeah. do a very good job yeah. in the league, but they sort of underachieved in the other trophies. But it is Premier League yeah. focused anyway. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, the next team I think we're going to look at, fast forward a bit to the uh, 2007-8 season, is the uh, Manchester United side under Alex Ferguson who won the Premier League and then went on to win the Champions League. Um, what do you think about that team then? Um, I remember there was just <laughs> a big star player on it, Ronaldo. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like he, sc- he scored 31 goals that season in the Premier League and... Every time you're looking at him, he was banging in free kicks. He was scoring sensational goals. I feel like it almost gave other teams something to think about rather than worrying about the rest of the team. And then if you look at the rest of the team, there's still many great players. Yeah. There was Lexus Schools, there was Giggs, there was Rooney, you know, Saha, who was another threat. So And also the fullbacks as well. You had Everett, <laughs> you had Neville, who were constantly bombing on, providing other attacking options. So it was a great attacking yeah. team. It's brilliant. What's your thoughts? I think yeah, that that team was. I think another thing that strikes me as well is the, even though they could dominate a game, they had that. That counter-attacking ability that teams just couldn't handle. With obviously the front three of Rooney, Tevez, and Ronaldo. Who, mm-hmm. Let's face it; they could play either three positions, all of them. So the fact that they were so interchangeable made them so hard to mark, and I think. When they could link up going on a counter-attack, and they showed it plenty of times, there was very few times that that ball didn't hit the back of the net. And then you look at the the back the back four as well. You had Evra, who I think's up there with one of the best left-backs in the Premier League history. And then you've got the 
in my opinion, again, the best centre-back pairing in Premier League history in Vidic and Ferdinand. They were just absolute stalwart defence. Uh, and Van der Sar as well, you look at him in net. I think people always forget about him for some reason uh, when talking about goalkeepers, but that team as a whole and as a unit works unbelievably well. And I think that's what's making these teams, all of them, be spoke about in such a high regard is that they, they worked so well together. Yeah, they had individuals in each team, but the way they worked just complemented each other so well. And I think another player that gets... I don't know why he gets a bit of stick. I think maybe because it was a bit of his injury problems. But Owen Hargreaves, I thought, had a good mm, yeah. a good career and a good good spell at United in that season. I think people are quite quick to jump on his back. Um, maybe he didn't fill his potential, what everyone thought, with England and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was a great player. And then you look at Scholes and Carrick in that midfield as well. Just two unbelievable, unbelievable players that spent a long time at the club so they knew what the club wanted knew what the club needed I feel what I feel what highlights that season a lot as well is the fact that they went on to play Chelsea in the Champions League final and they also beat Chelsea in the league by two points yeah so it just shows the strength of that Chelsea team that they were able to go on to the Champions League final and they were two points behind United in the league so it shows the level of competitor competitor that they had in the league so it gives it a bit of credibility again um, and then there was a good Arsenal team who was just two points behind Chelsea. They had some brilliant players yeah, like Fabregas, Van yeah. Persie. I think at that time as well, was it Liverpool that had a... Was Torres, was, was Torres yeah, there at that Torres, point? Yeah, Torres, Just hitting for... Carragher, they had a good team. Arena. So I think that was the... I think that, that, that was always the... Yeah, that was the, the top four that I think I grew up with. Um, yeah. When anyone said the top four, you thought... United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal. Obviously, Tottenham were weren't at that calibre at the point, and City were still batting around the mid-table point. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think the competi- competitiveness of the league at that point was so strong, and for United to get to the final in the Champions League and obviously win the league just shows how strong on and off the field they were psychologically and obviously with the skill set. Yeah, I feel like at that one point, the Premier League was the league that all the best players were in. Obviously, I feel like yeah. the best, well, one of the best players in the world at that point was um, Ronaldo, and he was in the league. I feel like him, him scoring thirty-one goals just gave United yeah. that maybe a bit of an edge. Uh, but then again, I had a a brilliant team. I feel like there's a lot of points there that do make that United team special. You know, the competitors, the other three, and also facing the same team that came second in the Champions League final. And also, since it came so very close in that final, only winning them penalties, it again shows how strong Chelsea were. And they did yeah. lose five five games as well, United. And, I mean, yeah. they lose five games and win the league. It's it's good. It means that the, the, league, the, league, is maybe com- the league is maybe competitive. Yeah, they got eighty seven points, which is still a respectable respectable total. When you look at the yeah. Invincibles only got ninety points. Um there is a there is a different uh, it obviously proves that how strong they were that season. Uh yeah, I think if we move on to our next team which we've got, I think we move forward quite a bit to the twenty seventeen eighteen season, which saw Guardiola Pep Guardiola win his first Premier League title with Manchester City. Um, 
they were the first team to reach 100 points. How would you compare them to the the, the teams that we've, we've mentioned already? Um, we're a very exciting team to watch. I feel like when Pep came, the first season was obviously the transition, and then that season yeah. he had really established a style of play. I think the rest of the teams at first didn't really know how quite to play against it, how to deal with it. I feel like the only team yeah. that ever did know was Liverpool. They used to just sit back, defend, and then counter-attack. Yeah. Then now we see Liverpool adopting the same sort of style. Um, over 100 points is amazing. And 106 goals is just fantastic. It's, it's unbelievable. I feel like... Let's compare, I compare it to the Chelsea team in the fact that, yeah, Guardiola had the season before, which Mourinho didn't. But I think Guardiola found his feet in this season and really mm. brought his style of play into the Premier League and teams didn't know how to come up against it and then you could draw comparisons in the fact that obviously Chelsea could spend the money and bring in the signings and then you look at the signings that Guardiola brought in that summer uh, he brought Bernardo Silva Edison Walker Mende and then obviously in the January when they were on the way to winning the title he showed showed adapt- adaptability to bring in Laporte who turned out to be a great signing um, but you'll just look at that team and the way they played teams just didn't know how to defend against them and they just absolutely steamrolled teams at the bottom of the bottom side of the league with the pace that they had of, obviously with Sane, Sterling Aguero could finish anything De Bruyne, David Silva with a creativity in midfield and then defensively they had well I think the thing is with Guardiola's teams it showed at Barcelona and he showed it at City the fact that he don't he don't really need a defense with the no, style of play that he plays. They were vulnerable, but I remember like there was yeah. times where they were just one 0 down, then they got a couple, and they just went on to win like five one against some of the oh, weaker yeah. teams. Yeah, it was crazy, and I feel like no matter who they play, they just always find a way to score a goal. They almost had scored yeah, the position. Uh, you know, and shows that it worked by only losing two games. Yeah, they only drew four think, games as well, which is mad, you know. So it just shows he always had a way to score a goal. Yeah, definitely. And um, they, they, I think like we've said it with a few of these teams already, though. Their downfall obviously was the Champions League, and I don't know, I don't mm. know what it is with with City and the Champions League. Obviously, they'll probably blame it. The fans will probably blame it on the relationship <laughs> with UEFA, and you know, the they'll say that UEFA don't want them to win it. Exactly, but I don't. I don't know what it is. I think they didn't make it. To, they made it to the semis, didn't they? Against was it Atletico that they played, or the, or was it Real Madrid in the semis a couple of years ago? Um, but they just don't seem to find that sort of extra think, edge in the Champions League. I think, I think we 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 went to play. a game this season, didn't we? Yeah, we went to a Champions League game this season at City. And, yeah, and the atmosphere. The atmosphere is just. It's just strange, isn't it? We're, at City for weird. a Champions League weird. just they just don't seem to get up for it which is probably doesn't help the players I feel like from a, I feel like from a playing side as we have seen with that City team they do only have sort of one way of playing um, yeah and when it is sort of figured out by one team I think it was Liverpool for a few seasons they seemed to be the only team that knew how to play how, how to play against it but it seems now that the rest of the team's I've sort of kind of adapted and figured out a way to play against City. City have sort of lost a bit of confidence from that. Maybe yeah. when they go to Europe, think, yeah, do, the... maybe when they go to Europe, you do have to adapt more because you're playing against teams from different countries. And Guardiola yeah. doesn't have a Messi to 
the one you can't adapt against. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it, I think it has shown this season, obviously, with City, because teams have found them out. And you look at the likes of United, who have beaten them three times. Um, Liverpool, they had that stalemate, but I think Liverpool, that was a game they didn't want to... Oh, no, no, oh, no. Liverpool beat them, didn't they? Uh, but City, I think, yeah, they've just been they've just been found out a little bit. Um, and personally, I think that could happen to Liverpool. Um because if you draw comparisons to that that season with City and Liverpool this season, um, there's quite a lot of similarities in well, the fact that they absolutely about, dominated it. My argument about Liverpool is I feel like they've actually changed their style of play, which shows something. Um, yeah, I feel like the past couple of seasons they did play like a more of a counter-attacking team, but what I've seen this season with the introduction of Fabinho, he can sort of dictate mm. the play and slow it down, speed it up play different ranges of passes, which he didn't quite have before. Mm. And Henderson's yeah, taken up a bit of a different role. I feel like they're more of a possession-based team now, and rather yeah. than counter-attacking. But yeah, it, it just did, I think what does it for me with the Liverpool maybe being found out is that if you watch them against United this season, it sort of made me think the United mm. against Liverpool this season was like the Liverpool against City in the same season that we were on about. The fact that you could see little moments where the other team found weaknesses in the team, or the opposition, um, and maybe that that could show itself next season or when the season resumes this year, and someone else might come and dominate. Maybe United are, <laughs> as I was saying earlier to you, maybe a Chelsea. <laughs> there, weird things happen, like Leicester on the league. Don't know. Exactly. It could, it could be Aston. So I'm putting, I'm putting my money on Burnley. Aston Villa won't be in the league next season. Um, oh no, don't, no. <laughs> we'll can kiss them goodbye. Liverpool will get Grealish and dominate again. Um, yeah, Aston Villa free fall. League one in two seasons, I think. They've not really shown much weakness. I mean, it was that one game against Watford. Before then, I literally could not see them losing. They were relentless. Yeah. And they are on their way to having a very big points total. I mean, 82 points in nine games remaining, mm. which is crazy. It would take them over 100. Um, but obviously, we, we, don't, we don't know what way it's going to go after this. Yeah, Coming I think back. like you said about the Arsenal team earlier, do you know when they obviously they got their first loss after the unbeaten run, they obviously couldn't replicate it the next season. Mm. I think after the Watford loss, uh, they obviously lost to Atletico in the Champions League and then they got knocked out of the FA Cup, albeit with with a, a lesser side. Um, it's how they... I think it's how they react from that loss. I think the break will have helped them because if they'd had to carry on straight after these losses, um, it would have been different. But it's how they recover from these losses, I feel, will dictate how they perform for the next two or three years if they can carry on if they can win nine out of nine for the last game of the season they'll I reckon dominate for a long time but if that Watford game has had a bit of a impact on the team um, you know I don't know whether they can dominate as much next season uh, personally I think they've been but, presented with a you know maybe a bigger challenge we'll soon see than some of the other league winning teams because you know having this amount of break Surely it's going to have a psychological effect on you going back. 
You mm. can either go back now that they're twenty five points clear, thinking, Oh, we've won the league, that's it. Um, but can they show the same mentality of the likes of the Arsenal Invincibles team? You know, with twenty five points remaining, may that be a downfall. You know, with twenty five points clear, may that be a downfall for them. May they may they then relax and end up losing a few games and then it sort of tar- tarnishes the way that the league table looks and the way their reputation this season looks. Yeah. I think this this break's definitely gonna have uh, a massive effect on teams' performances. I feel like it's gonna go either two ways. There's gonna be some teams I've obviously obviously they're not in the same league, but I've heard about Leeds being stronger and fitter than they were mm. at the start of the season or before the break. I think there'll be teams like that in the Premier League who have really got the heads down and really trying to focus on the football when it comes back. And then there'll be other teams which really haven't sort of put hundred percent into the break and, you know, would have hoped for a null and void season who may come back and may take them a few games to get back up to match fitness which for some some teams at the bottom half of the table might be too late um, it's going to be interesting obviously we've seen it in the Bundesliga that players have still got the quality but maybe haven't got the fitness yeah. um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Premier League adapts and how they perform because I feel like there's a bit more a bit more of an opinion being voiced by the players about not coming back so it'll be interesting to see if they all do come back and how they do perform when they come back and also during the end of the season as well you are going to face um, teams who are facing relegation battles and they're going to be a lot more determined mm. to beat you they might actually be the harder yeah. games cons- the harder games for Liverpool considering they've basically already won the league let's say so you know it'll be yeah. them games where people are battling to get into the top four or people are battling against relegation that will be hard which will will change the perspective a bit they aren't really just yeah, looking think, out for I the think, big teams and how they can up their game against them. Yeah, I think with the the, um, the Liverpool team this season, it's it's more of a, a, a finished product, um, obviously with the development and the process that Klopp's had at the club. Um, it's been a long, it's been a few years coming. You can you've seen it mm. grow. Um, well, the fact we won the Champions League at the end of last season together. as well. Sort of shoes, sort of, yeah. you know, maybe finished last season, finished product. But I feel like they're a better yeah. team all around this season. I think that shows by winning the league title. But I feel like maybe last Don't, season. No, they, we, haven't, they haven't won it yet. They haven't won it yet. Let's haven't. not give it in yet. Uh, <laughs> I feel like last season, their style of play, um, even though they were in an act and act title race till sort of near the end, their style of play and you no, know, maybe sort of, so maybe suited Europe a bit. Then I play a bit like the City team of last season, yeah. where it's just possession based. Um, there's not much change. But I, I definitely wouldn't put that Liverpool team up, um, the top with the best Premier League teams yet. You'd have to see a bit more no. consistency. You'd yeah. So out of these, out of these six teams that we've talked about. Um, who you put in, in your opinion, as mm. the greatest Premier League team of all time? See, I would have, would have went for United 98-99, but if we're just focusing on Premier League, I feel like the way they won the Premier League is fantastic, with the fact that they're obviously 
had to focus on the FA Cup and the Champions League too. Mm. And that midfield forward, I don't think, has been beaten. So <laughs> they were absolutely I'll get, fantastic. I'll take <laughs> but I feel like if you're just focusing on solely Premier League, you can't look past the team that went unbeaten. And it yeah. obviously was a sensational team. The team did end up getting broken up a bit, which may be why they didn't have so much success. And the play- all the players did go on to achieve you know, good things at other clubs. Just the fact that no losses along the whole season just outlines the strength of that team in every sort of every category, um, psychologically and their ability. Um, and also the leadership in the team. I don't think we will mm. see another team do that for a long time. And so I think you cannot look past it. What about yourself? Any arguments to that? No, um, I can see all the points that you've that you've raised with that, and <laughs> obviously that was a was a great team. But I think mine's obviously got. I think it's going to be quite controversial. But I'm gonna go with the um, the city hundred point team, mm. just purely because. The way they won the league for me was just such an entertaining, entertaining way with the hundred points on the last day. The, the players that they had, the way they played was so entertaining. Um, it's it's a tough one really, but I think if we were around to watch all of these teams in depth as much as we did with the City team and the Liverpool team, it might be different. But I think. That City team them only had one opposition, out. really. It was the Liverpool team, and they were far from the finished product. Yeah. yeah um, well, the United team as well. The United, te- well, and United, who ended up coming second. But, I mean, they were a Europa League team. Mourinho said that it was his best achievement getting them to come second. So, that's true. I mean, that sort of knowledge is at 100 points, doesn't it? Yeah, I was torn between that and the. United 07 08, but I thought that one would be too controversial and um, just gets told for being biased towards United for that one. But um, I think, I don't know about, I think it was just the way, I think to reach 100 points is is just such an achievement and they only lost twice all season, which we need to remember as well. Um, yeah, the Arsenal team went unbeaten but they only they only got 90 points which is 10, 10 off what City got um, I'm not obviously not saying that the, the Arsenal team wasn't a great team and went up there with the best uh, but I just think City under Guardiola just had that little bit little bit extra and if if they came up against each other that would be interesting who do you think would win that one? Hmm well, if you look at Arsenal's attack and you say so he's, um, some of Guardiola's teams can't really defend, I mean, it's just going to be who can score the most. And yeah. uh, I think Arsenal had a really, really, really good defence. So I think Arsenal would win. Yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> weirdly, <laughs> weirdly, I think the same. <laughs> I think Arsenal would have beaten that team, but I still think so we agree in the Arsenal Invincibles team was the best, huh? No, I'm saying oh, no, I'm saying Leicester. <laughs> Leicester, greatest team of all time. <laughs> right, we'll end it there. You're going to see it. Right. Yeah, Thanks very much. It was a good discussion. Perfect. See ya. Bye.